that a process took place that was strategic, that landed in a place that's sustainable and affordable, and um, really tries to articulate what the investments are and what the investments aren't if you choose not to do this. And I think that's where democracy comes in. gathered here today in the municipal building with a remote participant as well. So let's just do a round of introductions. So certainly, if you don't know, this is Steve Sherlock, Franklin Mattis, Franklin Public Radio. To my right, on your audio right, that would be... Town Administrator Jamie Allen. School Committee Chair Denise Spencer. Superintendent of Schools Lucas Jigger. And remotely joining, importantly... <laughs> is Tom Mercer, Chairman of the Town Council. Thank you all for taking some time amongst your busy schedules to discuss this. As folks may be aware, we are finally now almost about to start the FY24 year, having gone through an, an intriguing FY24 budget cycle. And there were a lot of hard decisions, and from what we understand, there's going to be some more hard decisions. So we got this group together to make sure everybody's on the same page as we go forward. I think that's a good entree. That's <laughs> an appetizer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Teaser. <laughs> soup. Soup. Um, or maybe cocktail. I don't know. Cocktail. We'll start with cocktail. We, we, we may need martinis. the cocktails before we're done. Yeah. Well, I needed a couple during the budget hearings, but um, but I, I you know I think um, I think for anybody like Superintendent Gagier and anybody else that's worked in other communities, um, what happened to this year's budget hearings was probably commonplace in most other communities, right? Um, you know. A lot of communities that, um, if not most, uh, traditionally have uh, a much more engaged um, citizenry. Um, I think on the one hand, in my eight years in Franklin, uh, this was by far, probably cumulatively, over the last seven years before, there's probably more people engaged this year than mm -hmm. the previous seven combined. Right. Um, and that's a great thing. Um, we've been asking, George Conley is famous at the Finance Committee for saying, Right, like, you know, 12 years in a row, 10 years, I don't even remember what the record is anymore, but, you know, it's true. Nobody's ever showed up at FinCom meetings. Because they than, discount me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they have, they do have a good streaming service. We do have it on TV. We know that Franklin residents um, traditionally are very happy with the slate of services they get. And sure. I think one of the reasons why there hasn't been a lot of engagement isn't because people aren't paying attention. I think that's actually the inverse. I think people are actually paying attention mm -hmm quite a bit when we bump into people all over the place they seem well informed because um, they are well informed and I think somehow either Franklin Matters, Franklin TV, The Observer, whatever news source they're getting watching meetings um, they just aren't showing up in person to offer feedback, um, advocate, um, argue um, or whatever it is um, and obviously uh, this year was a lot different um, for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, Councillor Frangelo, I think, probably hit the bullseye of the of the sev of the month, uh, the month worth of meetings, which was the pot simply not big enough. Um, and for me, um, after writing about this in narratives for the last seven years, mm -hmm. um, it was really refreshing um, that I think there was a lot of great takeaways. One, I think there is a, a body of people now in Franklin that have gotten a lot more education about the budget process, the numbers the four corners of the puzzle, what the budget funds. Um, you know, it is a very, very lean budget um, in the sense of 
you know, the typical arguments you hear of governments of like, oh, let's trim the fat, let's get rid of the waste, you know, fraud. There is none in our budget with that. There really isn't. And we, and as Chair Mercer knows, we've argued this with people before years and years out. Mm -hmm. um, go find us the fat. And it's pretty hard to find um, because there really isn't any. No. Um, my predecessor and Lucas's predecessors have worked on this for a long time, right? Um, and so, um, you know, the big takeaway I think this year from a macro view is that we, I think the entire council, the school committee, and kind of um, key stakeholders and a lot of parents and, and a lot of citizens have come away, you know, understanding at the end of the day that the, the pie is, is not big enough. To which I would add on, um, I would accentuate uh, Councillor Frangillo's point just a little bit more by saying, um, from my standpoint, being the repository of where all the requests come to, mm -hmm. um, that pot is really, really far away from being as big as people want. And, um, and so I think this year, um, you know, people uh, came away hopefully with a greater education, but also a greater sense that there's a lot of work to do if we want all of these other things, not just schools either, mm -hmm. you know. Community really has to organize itself um, around these issues. Um, some of these things are things that Lucas and I can't, you know, do. Like we're just not. It's not part of our job. It's not what we do. We are not, you know, we're not dictators. We're, we don't come in and tell everybody what to do. Um, at some point, to grow the pot, um, uh, you know, you know, we can talk all about, you know, housing values and building and development and new growth and we can talk all about these other things that are really bureaucratic government terms you know and those will all help okay but structurally in the tax levy there is a structural problem that has been around for a long time and all of those other methods to raise revenues um, I've sucked blood out of a rock I have a passport office downstairs making a little extra revenue all the way to a thriving cannabis industry and probably one of the biggest in Massachusetts right mm -hmm. I mean no matter which way you want to look at it we've done a great job with business development we've done a pretty good job with the development in the community um, at the end of the day the pot is nowhere clear big enough um, for all of the demands and I think um, you know, I think that that message I think got conveyed to the public, you know, really well this year. And I think, um, I think it, it felt like to me too another positive sign on that same level was nobody in the public was blaming any one individual or one group mm -hmm. for the problem. Right? It wasn't the superintendent's problem. The school committee isn't the problem. The town council's not the problem. The police chief's not the problem. Town administrator's not. It's not his or her fault. Right. Which is also really important, right? Because there's not a smoking gun out there of, ah, there's where it is. Mm -hmm. We can fix that one thing. Right. This problem will go away. Um, inflation. Inflation. Um, and, okay. But, you know, even beyond that structurally, you know, I, I will anticipate next year with, with a little less inflationary problems, the pot is still not going to be close to big enough for what people's expectations are. Um, of either the schools or the town. So, right. um, you know, I think all those things are positive. Trust me, uh, I'm glad that it's over with <laughs> and that hopefully, you know, we've been able to get through the meetings and obviously, um, you know, we were able to find uh, some creative ways to get the school increase up to the, um, a little bit over the average annual increase that they've been seeing in mm -hmm. the previous years. So ultimately inflation, you know, didn't necessarily have as big of an impact on the increase to the school uh, 
line item, um, even though if inflation is still impacting our budgets um, here, there, and everywhere, sure. you know, on an operational basis. So, yeah. Um, so I think that was a great start. And Lucas, if you could just kind of recap, because I know you certainly you came in facing a big deficit. You got the extra 700k, but you still ended up making some cuts. Some cuts which you had to because of the budget, but some cuts respectfully because of the continued de enrollment decline that was happening anyway. Correct. Making sure that people understand what was happening, how it was happening, things of that sort. Right. So our original. Um request uh, included um, baked into the original request that um, I had put forth at the 2.88 million which was four percent four point one one percent over um, we ended up landing after the allocation from Jamie uh, and the town and the recommendation from the town council um, at 1.762 if you will so it was at a million but I think when the hearings were happening and at that time the recommendation at the million we had to really sharpen our pencils and look at how are we going to meet that number. Um, the 700,000 um, certainly was, we were able to look at not having to cut as deep in order to bring us back and that was about two and a half percent over. And from there, I think with those reductions, um, we saw reductions, we had baked in, um, due to enrollment resignations, some unfilled positions, we were able to bake in 16 um, or so uh, positions that mm -hmm. we weren't going right. to be um, right. bringing back. Um, in addition, you had uh, heard previously the 24 positions. Mm -hmm. um, so ultimately, when we um, were able to get that 736,652, uh, we were able to bring back uh, a bunch of positions that were um, that we needed within our budget. So we had ele four elementary classroom teachers, two middle school um, counseling positions, um, two special education positions, one for a specialized program, one for general special ed um, within our building, and then a music position at our high school as well, right. which was um, a 0.6 uh, at that time to call back and bring back. Which, mm -hmm. um, and I think those positions, eight, it's about 8.6 positions were brought back because of that. And what we did, what we tried to do was prioritize based on the data we had, section enrollments, which is what led to those elementary classroom positions because to try to stay within school committee guidelines. Size, yeah. Right. We knew at the middle level um, one area where we've seen um, a need and uh, was around um, just the school adjustment counseling and counseling support for students mm -hmm. to help navigate the school day and help um, try to get ahead of some of the education and the counseling um, services and whatnot that we have within our schools. And then elementary was caseloads basically really dependent on in the specialized program, yeah. which we've grown. We're able to um, continue to bring and keep more kids within the district. Mm -hmm. And it made sense that that was an investment in that program to bring back. So um, that was those were the adjustments. Without that, we, these wouldn't have been on there. And we'd be entering the July 1st date with already some class sizes that we're going to be hitting 25, 26. And we're getting into that area here. So from that, we're able to bring that down and help stabilize mm -hmm. um, class sizes across the elementary schools. Um, we were able to also um, um, have some folks that were um, originally non-renewed um, able to uh, stay okay. with us as a result of these. That's the first place um, we typically look is right. to try to retain people where yep. we can. So. Yeah. Um, and while there was a lot, let me clarify, help clarify at least, there, while there was a lot of buzz around uh, middle school music position, right. the position itself was always going to be retained. As I understand, it was more of a contractual agreement within the teachers' union that due to the seniority and bumping, a particular individual was leaving. It wasn't a department choice. 
Thank well, you. Wasn't I, a school committee choice. It was really within the contract and the teacher's decision. Thank you. And I, I, you're reminding me. I spoke about that on June 8th, but I'll say it again for just the podcast. So the the um, we received a lot. And I think the at the town hearings, but also during school committee meetings and through advocacy from folks around mm-hmm. individual teachers who've made you know. Uh, uh, have had a positive impact on kids. Right. One thing that was out there was a narrative around us um, cutting middle school music, for example. And um, we did not cut middle school music. We hadn't recommended that. Um, but ultimately, some reductions at the elementary level that were um, based in some enrollment, mm-hmm. class sure. sizes and sections, yep. resulted in, in, in when you're in a, a unionized contract with seniority, yep. that's one of the clauses in the teacher's contract that says yep. if you've been teaching for uh, more time and you have professional mm-hmm. status, you have a right to positions over someone who's within their first three years, and that's what was happening, and it was creating a ripple effect yeah. across. And it's yeah. not unique to this year. I just would no. point that out. And the ripple effect, by the way, is not unique to just the teacher's contract. Correct. And the ripple effect is this chasm that we are facing these days, which is one of our greatest challenges, yes. between what's reality, which Lucas just explained extremely well, okay, and then the narrative that's out there. Yeah. Right? Okay. And the way that we, maybe not we as the people here, but others just manufacture their idea of what happened. Yeah. And then it gets out there, obviously, on on, um, on the internet, and people, that it, it has legs. It takes off. It takes off. off. Yeah. And we're not, we're, and I think this is part of what was successful about this budget year, is I think there was a lot of, there was no blame game. There was a lot of learning, and what I see is a a community that is still in some significant growing pains on learning the dynamics that Lucas and I and Tom and Denise are facing with the narrative is is really, really far away from actual reality, right? Mm -hmm. What Lucas just explained is what we actually do. It's not unique to the teachers. It's not unique to Franklin. It's unique. It's... It's everywhere, mm-hmm. DPW, fire police, all of sure. the unionized environments have those same similar dynamics in them. Mm-hmm. The contractual elements may be different, right? So I don't want to say every unit is exactly like the teachers, but right. what I'm trying to illustrate is is that as a superintendent of school committee, we have to we have to work within those conditions. Oh, and that's just the way the rules are written. But it takes the public, and I'm gonna drive them crazy by saying this <laughs> again. It takes the listener who's listening to this podcast, um, it takes time, effort, work, mm-hmm. and engagement to listen and understand exactly what Lucas just said. And then it takes time and discipline to then say, oh, okay, maybe the narrative wasn't correct. Right. Middle school music wasn't actually getting eliminated. <laughs> right. I mean, I just say that as for anybody out there listening on this podcast, like, think about that for a minute. Like, what you were talking about mm-hmm. wasn't true. And yet, the hysteria that invoked around that, um, you know, almost consumes us more than what we could just explain mm-hmm. what Lucas just did maybe in like 60 seconds. Right. 
Yeah, and respectfully, and clearly, you've got what nine unions negotiating on your side. You've got a number. I forget. It's like four six. or five or six on yours. So, I mean, there's a union fire. Respectfully, they're negotiating good faith with both parties on the school and town. Anyway, right. that's the union way, if you right. will, in terms of making their choices. And I came from a union background. My father was a steelworker union, so I'm used to that. But maybe others are not. So that's why we have to. Right, you know, share and the, that and the idea out. just to even cut it off, like the idea that like this type of provision mm -hmm. can then be negotiated again or changed, it ain't happening. So, like at the end of the day, people in this community pay Lucas and I and others a lot mm -hmm. of money to do these jobs, and I'm just going to lay it out there on the record. If any listener out there thinks we can change this dynamic, it ain't happening. Mm -hmm. So we have to also face those facts when we talk about the budget in the future mm -hmm. as well. We have to face the fact that all of our ideas that people put on the table, citizens, or, well, that's not the way it should be. Right. Well, that is the way it is. Yeah. And that ain't changing in our careers. Um, it ain't. And so we can't keep pounding at whack-a-moles mm -hmm. of ideas that aren't going to work. Right. We have to now take the next step in citizen engagement, I think, and start hopefully educating to the next level where people start realizing, oh, okay, the superintendent and the town administrator or the school committee chair, town council are saying we can't do these things. Mm -hmm. And then we have to park that car and move on to the next draft. Right. We can't just keep on yeah. hanging on to the same old ideas about the way life should be because mm -hmm. it ain't. No. And it's just my way of time management. <laughs> well, it, it, <laughs> because it, not it, every idea is worth, is worth exploring. True. Um, we can hear them. People can learn from them. And I think this year a lot of people did learn a lot about these nuances that we deal with. But we can't just keep coming back to them all the time if we're going to focus on really some of the issues that we have to really talk about and prioritize. Yeah, and I think uh, briefly I'll throw in, and I don't necessarily want you to go off in the end because we're going to focus yeah. on kind of the, where we go from here, but the other piece that's, to, that's another similar category where people say, well, the state's going to give us more money. Excuse me. <laughs> right. No, that's not that's happening. It's been said a few times. Yeah. Rep Roy's on the record. Others are on the record. It's not happening. So in the meantime, we do have some things that we can do, and that I think is one of the ones that Tom, you're in the enviable position with the Joint Budget Subcommittee of at least starting to foster those discussions, right? Exactly. And uh, again, the whole, uh, one of the words that I'd like to use through this entire budget process is looking at sustainability. And I think that's a key word for us as we move forward. And uh, to your point, Steve, uh, putting the Joint Budget Subcommittee uh, back together, we're going to meet, uh, I believe it's the beginning of August now, uh, August 2nd, is that correct, Jamie? That's correct. So August 2nd, we will put the Joint Budget Subcommittee back together and look out for the next three to five years, mm -hmm. which is what we need to do because it isn't a one-year fix. This, is, this problem is going to continue. So we need to look out the next three to five years, just like uh, you know the school committee as well as the town council and their administrators need to look out three to five years, what are our needs going to be? What do we need to at least sustain the services that our community has become used to seeing and having? And I think 
that over the next six months, I think the entire community is going to be in for rude awakening as to what those numbers are that we need to sustain the current level of services that the town is providing, whether it be the municipal part of the government or whether it be the school part of the government. Yeah, and at least from my position where I've been fortunate to follow, as I've said in other places, follow the money between school committee, FinCom, town council, and, and, and the subcommittees appropriately. I think the town and schools respectfully are in a good position to the extent that I know you've got an outlook in terms of what your forecast requirements are going to be. You've got at least the five-year plan that you do annually and update it, and except for during the COVID time, that has been historical record. Um, and then for the record, that actually came out of, I believe it was the 2010 override failure that was institutionalized to create the Long Range Planning Committee, which then developed this, call it a model, but it's an outlook. And it's a five-year fiscal forecast. Uh, right. correct, correct. And I think part of that, uh, just so that we, uh, the people listening understand what the Joint Budget Subcommittee is, uh, it's made up of the Budget Subcommittee of the Town Council, the Budget Subcommittee of the School Committee, and uh, three or four members of the Finance Committee. So those are the those are the committee boards that helping to put our budgets together and help helping us look to financing the next three to five years. How do we do that? And you know, uh, there's that word that everybody hates and everybody tries to avoid being an override. And at some point. We may or may not need that. And if we do need that, that's a decision of the people. Yeah. And it's a decision of all the residents in town. And we would be doing a disservice to the community to not lay the whole project, the process out for them as to what we're looking at and what we need to sustain the next three to five years. Because the way I look at this is, right now, we have budget shortfall. We know next year we're gonna have more budget short, shortfalls. And, but we can't just look at those numbers. We have to look at out three to five years. But on top of that, that number, I'm fearful, is going to be so high it's not something 
from the numbers and the types of services, we can start telling the story of what it would look like if we go forward. <laughs> and then conversely, what, would, what it would look like if we don't, yeah. because that's where some of the real hard choices would be. I mean, I think, I mean, that just to, I mean, I talked about this at the finance committee meeting and I did a couple slides on override. I mean, I think for those that have been through them before or been familiar with them, it, 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 I emphasize this to a lot of parents that email me. The first thing you need is to develop how much you need and why. And people underestimate a process that it takes to get to a right number. Why? Because people are going to show up that are on fixed incomes. People are going to show up who we're going to price out of the community. Their voice needs to be heard too, and they will be heard. That grows strategic curveballs at you mm -hmm. about what is the right amount, what is the right strategy. There are different strategies out there where towns go for little overrides every you know five years of seven hundred and sixty thousand. Sure. Right? Um, for modest investments, right? Mm -hmm. And some communities, like we've seen recently, go for huge amounts of money. Right. Some of them fail, some of them don't. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And to uh, Tom's point, um, I think that's why I have a lot of anxiety about a lot of this, because I know what it takes to get these things done. And I'm not going to say that lightning can't strike. I mean, obviously, in a political environment at any time in history, but certainly these days, um, you know, anything can happen. I would never say that it could not happen. But mm -hmm. the question for the community is going to be, how do you want this type of conversation to be in the community? Does it become more divisive if you go too fast too soon? There's a lot of elements, right? And it takes a tremendous amount of careful planning, a lot of engagement. It takes a very strong grassroots organization um, to be engaged. A, a grassroots organization for something like this also is not just like an advocacy to go door to door. They are supposed to be a part of the solution to answering the questions of how much money for an override? Where is it going to go? Where's the return on investment? Okay, so the parents have to be a part of that as well. Mm -hmm that grassroots network. They're not just a part of the political arm that goes out and goes door to door and does voter lists and holds signs at, right, right. at Village Mall. They're supposed to be a part of the conversation because theoretically, those folks that are part of that grassroots network have some sort of stake in the game, right. school related, public safety related, mm -hmm. infrastructure related or anything, right? And so I, I just know that these things and talking to a lot of my <clears throat> colleagues in other communities, you know, they just, they take years oftentimes to really get to a place and I think Tom can probably speak to the best uh, but um, you know when the community was going through and Steve you were here but you know 15 20 years ago when the town was trying to do a lot of overrides mm -hmm. um, I think the people that were a part of those would say you know wow you know what we learned right is probably a little bit of what Jamie's talking about oh I totally would agree and 2007 was my first entree and I had just started in 2006 so yeah I was in the thick of it and the, the the thing that came out of that was it truly was a unified approach everybody knew the numbers and everybody by meaning FinCom town council school committee everybody was out there were no naysayers amongst the key people and it it sailed right through because it was also something for everyone it went from police, fire, libraries, schools, of course, DPW, everybody was impacted. Clearly 2008, 2010 were a little bit different situations. There was not that unification. 
and hence those that's in my view that's why they failed because there was not a unified effort all three of those had no social media as well didn't yeah. exist then well so yeah. we're into a whole nother world of yeah. what i always call the piranha pools yeah of once a drop of blood is in the water you know the keyboard warrior thing is flying out of nowhere and disrupts that whole and disrupts that whole chain Mm -hmm. Right, so right. even the last time the community, which gives me more anxiety, by the way, fifteen years ago is the last time you guys tried one here in Franklin, yeah. and that was really pre-social media, and it was pre however you want to describe the mm -hmm. last six or seven years. Right, <laughs> um, and that's exactly right. And when you look when you look at uh, the history with uh, with these with an override, first and foremost, this is not a school problem. It's right. not just a town problem, uh, just a municipal problem. This is a town-wide issue, and it has to be broached that way, mm -hmm. which is why I believe and feel strongly that, to Jamie's point, a grassroots group is, this is a good time for them to get started and learn and understand what we are doing as a joint budget subcommittee trying to build a long-range long plan, short-range plan, a three to five-year plan, uh, because I think that's the only one that makes any makes any sense because, you know, it's hard enough to look to tomorrow, never mind three to five years out. Uh, but I think it's important that they understand there's an awful lot of work and planning that needs to go in order to inform the residents as to what we are asking for. Yep. And that can't be done overnight. And we've been trying, uh, you know, I know we've had, I've had many conversations with residents, uh, whether it be parents or whether it be uh, fire department families, police department families, DPW families, Whatever the group, it, this is town wide. So let's work together as a unit. Uh, the Joint Budget Subcommittee is going to be starting in August, and we're starting to work on this, and we will look. Uh, it's not going to happen in one meeting. It's not going to happen in two meetings. This is going to be a, be a series. three to six months process yep. to at least get a plan in place that we all can agree on is the direction that we need to go. And then we need to look at the numbers and see where they fall. And then as a council, uh, we will need to make a uniform decision as to what a ballot question would look like. And I think you have to be realistic when you look at what a ballot question would look like, because if the number's too high, it's not going to pass, and then you're really in trouble. Right. So you, you really need to do your homework and do the planning uh, to come up with what is a realistic, sustainable number to move forward with, and do your best to get there. Tom, I just I want to thank you and Jamie for bringing that up. The this isn't just an overnight process that it's going to take time time because you know I've talked with parents who've come up to me and asked you know why haven't you come up with the number yet to bring to town council and it's like well it's not 
can't just wave a magic wand and come, you know, do you want it done right or do you want it done fast? Right. You know, it's, going yeah. to, it's going to take quite a while for mm -hmm. all of the departments, all of the pieces to come together. Right. Um, and to your point, Jamie, too, talking about, for example, the hysteria behind the music department, you know, I hope that those parents who were so passionate during that, now that, you know, they realize that the program is safe for now, they still keep themselves informed, they still pay attention, they still dial in, mm -hmm. because we're going to need that level of participation moving Absolutely. forward. Yeah, it was uh, Councillor Cormier-Ledger's analogy of, you know, showing up one, twice a year for Easter and Christmas church, right? <laughs> I mean, it was, it, I know it got some laughs, and I know there was one or two people that got a little bent out of shape, but it was a really apt, apt analogy, and my frustration on the, the couple weeks later was nothing against any of you guys. It was really like the public just disappeared. Like here we are like actually bridging that gap in a huge way, in a creative way. And I understand people's time is precious. Like I'm not saying they have to show up at every meeting, no. but actually I kind of am. Like if people are gonna be this level of engaged to solve what Tom just outlined, um, it is. And even to your point, Denise, I just, I think of like even the school committee, like the step of an override for the school committee, just that process alone. Like how do you know how much to ask for and what's, where are your dollars best spent? I mean, I'm assuming Lucas is gonna have to talk to the principals. Yep. The principals so, are gonna have to come forward, right? Like there's, you can't, you guys love processes. <laughs> I'm gonna go Jeff nodding for a minute. Like, I mean, you have too much process, but like in all seriousness, even on this important yeah. question of finance of schools, this is where you do really need some semblance of engagement and process because these are, this is like probably the most mm -hmm. important decisions that you're gonna make. And I have to imagine, you're gonna have to tell some people, you know, the number's getting too big. Right. Wait, where are we investing our dollars? Where's the future of education? That alone, and then you bring that to the council. And then the council's gonna have the debate about other departments. Mm -hmm. uh, George Conley asked this year, great questions, right? Felicia, if there's a rainbow, what would you get? Right. Mm -hmm. right. Chief, if there was a rainbow, what would it be? And they all articulate those answers. The town administrator is going, cha-ching, 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 <laughs> right? And I'm, I, in my head, I'm going, this is a seven and a half, you know, this is a, this is a massive override. And then there's a discussion of, all right, now we have the wish list. Where are we scaling back? Mm -hmm. So to your point, you're right. Like, this is a long, arduous, difficult, mm -hmm. think of how many late nights at meetings have to have happen. Not to mention. Public comment. Our <laughs> on it. Public conversation. Public conversation on Just it. Communications civil around it. Civil conversation. Not to mention our business, op you know, yeah, Miriam, Miriam is leaving. Absolutely. We're having an interim come in. Yep. You know, like this is going to take Time mm -hmm. from everyone who's already stretched so thin. Right, couldn't agree more. The, the same on the municipal Absolutely. side. Yes, the municipal part. Yeah, same thing. You know, everyone's stretched so thin right mm -hmm. now. But but we're going to make the time. We're all going to work together. Yep. It's just not. It's not going to be an overnight fix. No, yeah. this is a priority. Just to summarize, Steve, just some of the points and try sure. to hit on what I heard. And Tom mentioned something early on, but I've heard it mentioned again. It's around. In order for us to demonstrate that we've gone through a process, yep. I think does allow for the folks in this community, I think it's important, and I live in this community too, and it's important to know that a process took place that was strategic, that landed in a place that's sustainable and affordable, and um, really tries to articulate what the investments are, 
and what the investments aren't if you choose not to do this. And I think that's where right. democracy comes in. Correct. People have it laid out and they have an opportunity to weigh in and say, right. you know, whether they agree or not, yep. or don't agree. But yep. um, And then we talked about August 2nd being um, our the date. Start. It does give me a chance to transition our school business administrator this month, July coming uh -huh. up, to try to get up to speed pretty quickly. Um, really quickly. He's already begun, <laughs> he's been transitioning, he's here tomorrow full day again to try to yep. get the keys uh -huh. to the cabinets and kind of get a sense of what's going on. What but am I getting into? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> he it's knows. all he in context of to, to this bigger idea and um, you know, uh, just keeping that engagement up through this will be important and channeling it the right way so right. that it's productive and not um, distracting. And yeah. I think to hold the fort with what you both just said, that's the point of, of I think, of, of kind of making sure and, and laying a strong argument saying to the community, you need to focus in these days while all of this is happening. Organizing is not a tweet. It is not a tic-tac clip. It takes a lot of work because eventually what will happen is somebody who's leading the charge is gonna have some issue, a, a, a reasonable issue in their life where they're not gonna be able to contribute the time or a child issue or a family issue, and then and then what happens? Where's where's the second person? Where's the third person? Where's the eighth person? Where's mm -hmm. the ninth person? Where's right. the twelfth person? Right. And and you gotta grow that group. And as I've said publicly a hundred times, yeah. probably five thousand more by the time I, you know, the, the the grassroots networking on this type of stuff in Franklin is not mm -hmm. very good. Yeah. It's well, just not. It's no. just and it, and it is. I've said this to dozens of parents. You know, yeah. You are going to have to give up your hobby. Mm -hmm. It stinks. Yep. You're going to have to give up, like you have, Denise. Tom, like you have. Lucas is a professional, like you have. But Denise is a volunteer. You know. Um, you know. You. It's like you give up other things. Mm -hmm. Like you it's, miss sports. You, you miss, miss sports. Concerts. Right. For you, the community. You. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You miss. You give up a part of your life to volunteer, with little fanfare, um, no pay. Um, because you care about the outcomes that much. And um, I think that people need to really make sure that while there's a little bit of this planning and strategic planning process that, that Tom spoke to and in education of that, um, people don't take for granted this time that they really need to be getting together. And they need to be showing up at meetings and just mm -hmm. a couple of designees. Okay, it's Sally and Joe, mm -hmm. you're going to the council meetings once a month and then Tim and Sarah they're going to the second meeting a month and just so that everyone's getting more and more in-depth information they're hearing more right. they're contributing more they're taking away yeah. more and it's really hard to see where that return on investment is when you're at the trailhead but when you get closer to the peak of the mountain and you can see it you can start really getting that extra mm -hmm. second wind and third wind to say ah you know I can see the top of the mountain now you know, we've already made it halfway. Mm -hmm. We're doing really well. You, you know, you, but the community cannot expect a situation that Tom outlined earlier, where all of a sudden, within a month, you know, we see. You know, my fear is we're going to end up back here again mm -hmm. next March, and and people are going to panic and hysteria again on social media, and they're going to wonder what happened after being, you know, blissfully uh, ignorant, not logging in yeah. for a year, right? And to kind of Ted's point. You know, yeah. I, after our meeting, the beginning of June, was speaking with my vice chair, Elise, you know, I'm like, we had over 300 people on Zoom when we voted on masks. Yeah. 
Right. <laughs> but here we are voting on a budget. Yeah. Positions are being cut, and we've got 50 people yeah. on Zoom. Right. I'm like, that is sad. Yeah, it it's, is. it's upsetting because like we are up there trying so hard for free, again, like you mm -hmm. said, mm -hmm. not being paid, to save all these positions that people say that they want to save, but no one is engaged. And this is and, and therein yeah. lies the therein lies the biggest obstacle for us to face. And yeah. that is getting the information to the community. Factual information yep. to the community. And that's where the grassroots can't be emphasized committee or group can't be emphasized enough. Because that's the only way to get it out there. Yeah. Because people don't, for whatever the reason, everybody's busy. People don't watch the council meetings. Mm -hmm. They don't watch the school committee meetings. Uh, some do, but most don't. And I just want to say to everybody who's listening to this, come to the first joint budget subcommittee meeting. Mm -hmm. Come and listen and understand what we're looking at. Uh, because that once we that grassroots group is put together, there is a lot of work that has to be done. They have to talk to all these all the different groups out there. They have to go out and have uh, you know whether you have a tea with them or you go to a PCC meeting or you go to a fire department open house you know. Yeah. Jealous of Franklin for all the amenities that are here, right? Mm -hmm. 
and we all want um, you know you want our paramedics to be licensed paramedics Absolutely. to be teaching the kids on how to do surface dives when they go up and climb the ladder as part of those high school programs or there when you have an emergency right. or Absolutely. squatting call sure. but we could talk about all the services we know we're all there right yeah right like this is this is we're all on the same page the, the challenge is is that there's a new generation of, of residents in Franklin who have not faced the reality that they have to sacrifice their own priorities for the greater good. Mm -hmm. It's the it's going back to President Kennedy's message at his inaugural speech, right? And what I feel like at times are these days it's the inverse, right? Mm -hmm. Don't ask me what I can do for you. You know, ask the town what you can do for me. Right. It's not. It's actually the inverse, and that attitude has to change. Mm -hmm. Um, in order for the groundwork to be really ready to deal with these things. And on that note, now that we've gone through all these these bits and points, you know, the first step is obviously going to be, you know, I think it's August 2nd at about 7 o'clock, there'll be a joint budget subcommittee meeting. I'll put out the first five-year fiscal forecast that was more traditional that Steve referenced earlier, right. referenced earlier that's been a little wobbly because of the pandemic, and every community's gone through that, right? So now we're back on good footing. And I think the community also has to take that next step of, learn, of learning, okay, they've learned a lot about the budget now. We, they've, they've taken home a lot of points. Um, I've talked to a lot of folks and they've seemed to have learned a lot and they're still asking those curious questions. Well, here's the next, here's the onion being peeled back one more layer. Let's mm -hmm. dig a little deeper. Yep. Moving forward, what are the big financial constraints? Okay, it was inflation this year. Facilities is gonna be the future. How mm -hmm. do we borrow money and pay interest with competing priorities? And a lot of people are going to realize, I think some are going to say, wow, we're doing pretty well. Maybe there isn't a budget crisis. But I think that's where it gets difficult because these are important to have all those folks engaged because ultimately the administrators and the school committee and the town council could be looking, thinking one thing, but really people in the community are thinking some, their expectations are something different. Mm -hmm. well, and yeah. if we're not trying to plan out at least where those corners of the puzzle are, a lot of people in town, why haven't they attended meetings for a long time? Things are fine. Things are pretty good. Yeah. And if there wasn't an issue with the music program, would all, would, you know, my, would those folks have shown up? Probably right. not. No. no. And no. so therefore, we would have been sitting here today, if it wasn't for a little bit of the, the cut, potential cuts to the music programs, we might be having this podcast today saying, wow, there was nobody who showed up again for the eighth year in a row. Mm -hmm. And then we'd be facing this again next April or March. Mm -hmm. And the question for the community is, what's on your plate and what are you going to sacrifice? Okay. Um, you know, uh, ask not what your country or ask not what your town can do for you. What can you do for your town? Right. And I think a little bit of that is going to be a challenge for a lot of families. Mm -hmm. And I respect that because we're all overextended. Um, but that's going to be a challenge for a lot of people to decide what am I willing to give up out of my life on my time off? Maybe I can't watch social media for three hours a day. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not productive. Maybe I should get engaged with the grassroots community to figure out these budgetary issues mm -hmm. um, that the town is facing. Why can't, why is Jamie telling me I'm never going to have a sidewalk built on my road ever in my life? I'm telling you that because there will never be the, the staff capacity nor the resources to build sidewalks everywhere. And if you're interested in that, you got to give up something of yourself to get engaged with the community mm -hmm. to come help drive the bus closer to where we're going to find solutions to those problems. So, um, 
you know, I think that there's still a lot of work to be done, but I still think that there's a lot, as I said during the budget hearings, I open up every one of my memos and all of my talks with, you know, the fact is it's still, I think that Franklin probably has some of the greatest quality of life in the United States of America. Mm -hmm. We are very fortunate in this community to still have what we have. Um, I wrote this in an email to a parent the other day. We are an elite school district. This is an incredible school district. Mm -hmm. I don't care what any, it's gonna be hard to change my opinion on that. Yeah, we have immaculate yeah. fields, we have successful athletic teams, we have kids going to college that, we have high academic achievement. We know there's a lot of work to still be done. I'm not, I'm not trying to blow past that. It's not perfect. But we also have incredible public safety operations. Sure. There's still work to be done. We heard from Felicia. She pulled a curveball with me on that one. You know, extra she never hours. told me she needed more extra hours. <laughs> exactly, extra hours. Which, Spend hours, you know, when you, know. you go down there to the library, if any of you do, you know, it's tough to find a parking spot. It's busy. I think there's, a, there's, a, there's an argument. She certainly has. Sure. That. So, um, yes, there's a lot of work to be done, but in the world of um, doomsday news, mm -hmm. you know, I think, I hope we all agree, like, the quality of life here, the services that are here, and in particular, the school district, the quality. Um, I had a, you know, the, the, the um, Remington Jefferson, you know, kids who did those fish down at the sculpture park, we were there, and every time you meet a new teacher, right, um, you know, that you've never met before, Mrs. Whalen, you just like, wow, this person's a part of, of our school community. Right. Where, why is the negativity so high? We should be so proud. Mm -hmm that we do have these dedicated people that are making incredible impact in people's sure. lives. I, you know, I think, I don't know, I think that's maybe on me and us too to be a lot more positive about what we do have. Um, and, sure. and I agree, and that, and that positivity needs to come from your elected officials, from your council, from your school committee, uh, from your finance committee. And that's why it's so important to get this first step going and get that joint budget subcommittee, getting all the groups on the same page and then getting the factual information to the public is the most important piece and it's the hardest piece. But I think we have the dedicated people that can get that done. Uh, it's not every member of the town council, it's not every member of the school committee. They're given a lot of their time and efforts to what we to what we do. Mm -hmm. Can we be of assistance? We absolutely can. Can we provide information? We absolutely can. We need to be able. Uh, the community needs to know that they can come to any counselor. They can come to any school committee member. Mm -hmm. They can come to the administrator and at least get answers to their questions or point them in the direction to get the factual answers because it's about factual answers not innuendo and as we all know there's an awful lot of that out there. <laughs> yeah. well, and Tom, just thinking too, you know I brought up how we're business administrator but also we've got elections coming up in yep. four months yep. so there's like a lot there's going to be a lot, There's a on the lot going on mm -hmm. in a short period of time. So yeah. Yeah. maybe some of the lesson I know we talked about this offline, but to bring the offline online, you know, I think um, you know we have to have a realistic debate. And I don't know about the school process actually, but for the council, every January they set goals for two years, 
And, um, you know, we've been ambitious, Tom. I mean, I, I'm part of that problem, too. I, I admit, you know, I've, I've been a little ambitious, but I think after the last few years that everybody's had, too, as we're kind of exiting into a new era of, of our world, you know, really setting the expectations on what can be achieved and what can is part oh, of that. Realistically. Realistically. Those goals, are, those goals are very important, and as as you said, Jamie, we do them every two years. Uh, but we are a great community. We are a community that, when there's a need, the community steps forward. I mean, you look at the rest of the, and I say this a lot. Now I'm going to repeat it once more, only because it, I think it's important. Is look around, look into our community. We have a new municipal building, we have a new high school, we have a new senior center, we have a new DPW barn, we have a new fire station, we have three elementary middle school complexes. What, what community in the state of Massachusetts can boast that they have all those things? One, Franklin. Exactly. One comma, Franklin. <laughs> it was like one, or there's not the right grammar so either. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. And a new TV station. <laughs> the TV station. Lots happening. Uh, the work is ahead of us, but I'm hopeful that, as we've acknowledged, there seems to be some younger folks, respectfully, who are willing to step up to the table to take the mantle going forward. We'll support them in wherever we can. Certainly as we go, they'll also be the uh, Office of Communication Campaign and Political Finance as to what the town and schools respectively, those officials can do versus what the regular citizens can do. Because there is a difference and we have to negotiate that accordingly. But I think as, we, as you said, and we can conclude here, August 2nd is when it starts. It's not done in one night. It's gonna take some time. But now is the time to be with it and get started so you can come along with the ride. Yeah. So thank you all. And thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. And for the listeners, we do this because Franklin Adders. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tin Type Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.